Today's episode of Inside the Wires podcast is brought to you by the Short Hills Club parking lot. Tighter than a version on prom night. Welcome to Inside the Wires. Hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. All right, we're back. Uh, We're coming to you the week after the final Grand Prix of the season, the Short Hills Invitational. Another phenomenal event. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be out there and uh, getting uh, being roadkill for a few teams and a couple of different draws, but it was still a lot of fun. And uh, today we've got on the show Jerry Albrechts, who was also out there and infinitely more successful in his uh, in his endeavors. But uh, Ben, did you have a chance to watch any of uh, Short Hills? I watched a lot of it. I watched a lot of it. Uh, I watched from the corner of one court over all the fans and to watch Maddox match. I was really excited to watch. Shame on you, APTA. I'm going to be the one that says it. Come on. We can do better. We can do better. I love the APTA and everything they do. But guys, we can do better. Um, I do. We haven't been on air. I want to give a shout out because I think Blake has a big... Blake Anderson has a big part in helping running Short Hills. But more importantly, congratulations to Blake and his wife on the birth of their second child, a son named Hunter, which I think is a great name. Hunter Anderson. Uh, Absolutely. That's good. Hunter Brady Anderson. What a great name. And, and, you know, in, in fairness to uh, Ariana, Blake's wife, I think three days after uh, Hunter was born, Blake was out at Short Hills supervising for a little bit. So, Wow, that was, that was impressive. That was impressive. That's amazing. So that yeah, work. I got to watch. I got to watch a little bit of Short Hills. Uh, you want to tell us any more about it? Did you meet people? Did you do anything? You played with my buddy Tyler. I played with Tyler Owens from uh, formerly, maybe from Louisville. I think by the time this episode goes live, oh, he's he'll, former. He's he, former. He, I think he said he had a couple days left there, but uh, he's now going to be at the Bayhead Yacht Club on the Jersey Shore and. We, uh, we got him to meet a whole bunch of the, the Jersey pros out there. I do have to say, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you're, you're not from the Jersey area, it, it, it's really a cool vibe out there. Like short Hills. I've been out there uh, probably five times at least. And it's just a, it's a cool vibe because everybody hangs around and watches the tournaments and socializes. And uh, it, it's really just a fun, it's a fun venue for that. I mean, more so than some of the other places. Most places does, are good, but that place is. Does it crazy. have a different vibe than, say, Saturday night at Charities? You know, I, it's a little bit different. I mean, part of it was different this year just because the weather was so warm, right? It was 60 degrees during the day. It, it probably got down to 45 at night. So that made it a little bit different. But uh, I'm not sure if it's because there's more alcohol or food or what, but uh, it was just a, you know, but plus it was such a, there were seven draws out there. So there was so much, so many people out there playing that all those people then stuck stuck around and uh, were able to watch. And it was, it was just awesome. I mean, the paddle is always good there. Um, but it was, it, it's, it's just different because of the number of people that are watching kind of consistently, like all day, there's a bunch of people watching and the, the sight lines are, are good enough that you're always pretty close to the action too, rather than maybe being standing a lot further away, but it's, uh, it's really awesome. I would certainly encourage anybody who, who can to go play uh, short Hills or go out and watch it or whatever. It was great. And uh, I do want to thank the, uh, the women, since I know they're listening, the women at the hut at uh, 
at Mendham Golf Club for uh, for for listening to the show because they I went there for my first round match and uh, they said, "Oh, you're inside the wires. We love you." I said, oh, okay. "I says <laughs> Get probably rid of the English guy, but we love you." I, I says probably Ben you like, but I I, I appreciate it. They said, "Where's Ben?" I said, uh, "He couldn't make it this weekend," but. Uh, well, yeah, no, just good, good stuff in Short Hills. And, and, you know, it was, you can imagine the difficulty in running seven different tournaments at one time in one weekend. And, uh, you know, there's always things to complain about, I think, with uh, things that don't quite go perfectly. But I got to tell you, all in all, it's, it, it was really a great job by everybody involved in putting that together. And I got to tell you, from, from watching Mick and Sven, uh, there seems to be a lot of females watching Paddle out there in New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There seems to be a lot of women watching uh, paddle in New Jersey on, the, on a Saturday evening. That, that could be true too. But, uh, you know, the uh, uh, floor and uh, floor Hanish and Anna Zabori uh, have continued the perfect season. I think they won all four Grand Prix events this year. Uh, haven't, haven't lost a match yet so far this year. And uh, the final from the men's side was amazing. It was uh Johan and Johan Durant and Stephen Mitchell beat uh, Nick Rodoy and Sven Burrish in a just a great match. But even all, all the matches leading up to that were were really excellent. They, you know, they did sixteen team draws. They had uh, the elite draw. They had the open draw. They had just a bunch of really good quality paddle. So it was uh, it was fun. It was a great weekend. And I've seen some memes about it on social media. Is the Short Hills parking lot as bad as everyone says it is? A hundred percent. It might it might be worse than that actually. So really. Uh, after the first year I learned and I now, now I just Uber there every time, have them drop me off at the edge of the driveway and walk up. It's, it's, I mean, they, they finally have valet parking. I think the last couple of years they had valet parking, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's, I, it, it's not good. Let's put it this way. If there's a fire there, there's no way the fire truck was getting up the driveway <laughs> to, uh, to save anybody. That's for well, sure. Let's, <laughs> let's hope we never have to, uh, they never have to call the fire or the ambulance or anyone. So, that's it well well should we uh should we move on with this and let everyone listen to what they've tuned in for absolutely national champ uh jerry albrecht is coming up listen on the other side All right, welcome back, and we're excited to have on a first-time guest, Jerry Albrecht, former national champion. He's going to regale us with some uh, some great stories of of the lion and all kinds of battle-related stuff. So, here he is, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Noah and Ben. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, thank you, thank you for coming on. This is the uh, the beauty of you know social media is generally not a good thing, but. Uh... This is the beauty of it. We were able to reach out to you and connect and get you on uh, pretty quickly. So it's uh, yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, hey Jerry, can I? Um, I was I was talking to a former partner of yours uh, today, and we wanted to start off. We both have the same issue when we were watching your minute clinics on YouTube. <laughs> Why are they five to eight minutes long? Okay, I knew that would come up. Yes, that, that's my. I love, I love the new my, ones on Instagram. But uh, yeah, talk to me. So that's my producer's fault. I Joel Bach, who uh, came up with the idea with the one minute clinics. He was a uh, producer for sixty minutes, and I teach him paddle. And he's like, 
hey, I want to do, I want to help you with these one minute clinics. I go, okay, but we got to keep the times up. People keep seeing me and they go, hey, time's up or here we go. And so he's like, all right, I'll take it over. And then he does this slow motion forehand. And I actually saw Noah in Boston a couple of weeks ago. He's like, hey, they're not one minute clinics. And then I always get that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go talk to Joel, my producer. And so we're really working on making sure we cut them down to one minute. But thanks for pointing that out. No problem. The, the new ones on Instagram are amazing. I, uh, I love them. I watch them every day. I yeah, oh, that's awesome. Because um, another student that I teach, Lindsay Roth, just started helping me out that she goes, oh, and I don't even have an Instagram account. She took over the account and said, hey, I'll do that for you. I'll get you on Instagram. That could help you and promote the videos. And I said, all right, as long as you can keep it at one minute so I don't get yelled at by Noah. There you go. <laughs> I, I think they're great. And I got to tell you, I think you and Mark Parsons have the widest stance in the in the game of paddle. Both of you stand with the, the feet wide apart when you're, uh, you know, getting ready to talk or, or you know, return serve. If it yes. But you both stand well, with that good... wide stance. He does a good job of that at the net. That's what I noticed when he's at the net, he has the widest space. And uh -huh. I use that as a tip for my players because when you get in a wide base, you won't reach as much. You'll cover your area much better with that low wide center of gravity and base. So you don't reach and go all over the court like Johan does. Oh, I like that. So you you said the the guy doing your, 60, uh, your minute clinics is, he's part of 60 minutes. Did I hear that right? He, he was, he was, I, I believe it was a producer for them a long time ago. And now he's got uh, a new project. I believe it's an early years project. And he has some time. He summers here in Mystic. And he lives in New York. But when he's here, we always go to the courts with the video. And so it works out really well. Nice. And I, I'm uninformed. Mystic is in Connecticut. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. It's a uh, southeastern corner. Just like if you are on 95. So Connecticut 95 runs pretty much east and west. And so um, we are in the bottom right-hand corner along the ocean, Atlantic okay. Ocean, right by the Rhode Island border. Mystic, Southington, um, Stonington, and then Fairfield County is at the other end of the state. And they were never part of our region, region two. We never had Fairfield County until a few years ago. So who is, who is Fairfield County? Is that? So Fairfield County is um, a lot of the um, Greenwich, um, Fairfield, New Canaan, Darien. Um, a lot of teaching goes on there and a real high level of players. I know Juan's out there. I think um, Mark Parsons there, um, Max Lebevere. There's, there's tons of great players in yep. Southern Connecticut and we're Northeast. And so it's like if we're exit, 90 their exit uh probably 20 to one so it's it's a long it's about an hour and 20 and you don't want to do that on 95 so i never really get the um fairfield county paddle well let, let, let's just cut to the chase mystic is probably most famous for the old julia roberts movie uh, mystic pizza is that right exactly mystic there we, pizza there we go there's, you know there's, there's, a, there's a throwback it's about 25 maybe 30 years old but uh Mystic Pizza, good movie. Oh, yes. Okay. There we go. I'll watch hey, it later. So, hey, how hey, long Jerry, have you been in that area, Jerry? I was here 2000 to 2010. 
Then I left for seven years to go to Charleston and I came back in 2017. So I've been back for four years. So for, uh, 14 years altogether. That's where I met my wife and kids. And so I started a family here. That's where you met your kids. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Created them. Hey, hey uh, you know, not to jump around too much, but talking about the, the minute clinics that are longer than a minute, uh, they are really, really good content. Where can, where can people find those? Uh, obviously on Instagram and, uh, and YouTube. Can you, can you tell people uh, what to search for to find those? Yes, you search for Jerry Albright's tennis, and I put them on Facebook, my Facebook page, YouTube, and now Instagram. Excellent. Um, and I and I do tennis ones also. That's why I call it Jerry Albright's tennis. So it's covers platform tennis and tennis. That's awesome. Yeah, no, great, great stuff, and people should definitely take a look at those. They are uh, nice little, uh, you know, kind of bite-sized uh, ways to look at some things. So they're fantastic content. So, so Jerry, talk to us a little bit more. I mean, you've, we're kind of bounced around a little bit, but uh, talk a little bit more about your, you know, your tennis and paddle background. I, we talked about kind of being in Charleston, being in uh, mystic, but kind of go back even further and uh, talk about your background a bit. Okay. So I grew up playing in New England tennis and um, Jeff Morneau was my year, so he was one of the guys I played a lot in the junior tennis with. And then we, I went to Central Connecticut. He went to Providence. We ended up playing like in college and juniors. And then he started playing paddle a little bit before me. And I watched him play one time. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And then Peter Harvey took me out here in Mystic. And he was like, hey, you got to get into this paddle. It's a great sport. And a couple of my friends in Southern Connecticut, uh, Bob Conklin and Andy Kinney were big paddle players. The, I heard always about how they did, and I, I loved the history of it. And Peter Harvey got me started in probably 2004, I believe. My, my maybe four years while I was at Mystic, I started playing, and I just got hooked. And it was tournaments every weekend. That's all I got. That's how I got into it. And I just loved it. All right, so you you mentioned Jeff Morneau. Um, yep. Let's let's kind of move into you know probably what you're most famous for, right? The, the 2010 national champion. Um, that and my 3-0 ladies national championships that I coached. Those are probably ah, my two. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly I honestly don't know much about that, so we'll, we'll <laughs> stick with the the 2010. Let's go to 2010. Rumor has it that you and Johan almost didn't play together for that. Were you lined up to play with Jeff Morneau and he was lined up to play with Porter? So, yeah, that's a good story. So that year, early, let's see, that year we we lost. We were probably like 0-8 against top 10 teams. They were good matches, but we just – we couldn't just get over the hump. and. We were playing Atlantic, I believe, against Drew and Guy Moore. And I pulled a hamstring, like, early, maybe January it was. And I had to take a couple weeks off. And then you started playing with um, Matt Porter. And they went to Short Hills. And they beat um, Brad Easterbrook and Alex Benchilla. And I think they were two in the nation at the time. And I think they had a good run in Short Hills. And I was like, man those guys are probably better than we did. We didn't beat any top 10 teams. I think they beat two or three in that tournament in short Hills. I didn't, 
No, they did, but I know they did really well there. And I was down in Charleston um, nailing down my job. I was moving there in August. So I took a job down in Charleston and I knew Johan was going to play with Matt the following year. And so I remember actually, so I talked to Jeff first. I was like, hey, would you, because he played um, President's Club with Matt Porter and I played with Johan. We were one and they were two. And then we had uh, Matt Dane and Leonard three. We had a strong uh, President's Cup that year. And I called Jeff. I was like, would you want to switch? Because I don't want to hold Johan back. I feel he's ready for a breakthrough. And those guys, I really think could win it. So he's like, yeah, I'll switch and I'm fine with it. And because you and I play together and Matt and Johan and we were friends growing up. So I called Johan. I was like, hey, I know um, you wouldn't dumb me, but you can if you want to play with Matt because you guys are doing so well right now. And he's like, no, I want to finish what we started. We started the year together and we're going to finish it off. And so. Uh, my wife didn't even know that story. I kind of was telling her that the other day, and she's like, "Oh man, I like him even more now." Because <laughs> when, um, and then when that we the Presidents Cup came around, we played and we won all Super Breakers, so we were four and zero in the Super Breakers, and one of those was against English and Isle, even though he said he beat us in Presidents Cup that year. And the reason I remember that we won all four is because our entire team was undefeated in Philly going into the last match against Chicago. But we were only up two matches and they ended up beating us 4-1 and winning the President's Cup. And so that really hurt because we lost to uh, Drew Everly and ah. Peter Burka. Ooh. And that was, um, it was two tight ones, like five and six or four and six. And they clinched it against us. And, but that was when Yon was really, we were starting to feel, we gelled. We, even though they were short matches and we won, there were two straight sets. We split four of them, and but well, we won all the breakers. So our entire team was undefeated going into that last match. So that was, we started gelling more and more each match, I felt. So nice. that and then, was how I ended up playing. Well, and then you guys, I... I was talking to Johan earlier today. I was doing a little recon on you. And you guys, you, was it the, wait, so we had the semis, of course, the round of 16 of nationals. We'll start there. You took on okay. Van, Chiller, Van Chiller and Easterbrook? Yes. And yep. that was when Johan said you won that match and you, you were like, oh, maybe we do have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, we lost the first 6-4, similar to our finals. We lost the first fairly close, maybe 6-4, 6-3 then. And it was like one all or two all in the second. And then I think we kind of rolled. He got, I think we got a 6-0 in the third in that one. We had a couple 6-0s, I know that, in that tournament. But I think we started – he really started raising his level. And it's funny – something about Johan like we would play her in the year and I the, the highest ranking I got I think was 16 and we're playing a couple top 10 teams and I'd come off and be like wow man they, those guys are good I was like oh and Johan would always say oh no no they're not that good no they're not that good <laughs> and I was like whoa all right all right yeah and so 
that was one of the things like he really instilled confidence in me and he is so confident and it really helped me start believing like you know when you win a national gym that was I you always think you're gonna or you think you want to but you really have to believe it and I don't think I believed it until we won match point because again I needed a workhorse like him uh, even when I played with Leonard Jonason I needed like a guy that really could create and be offensive as I got older and those you know it's it's you need that offensive weapon on the other side and I know my role of hopefully making some balls and that that round of 16 really gave me that confidence. Well, so you won that. And well, we'll I, I want to quote Johan after we talk about those. You, and, the, you, and everyone knows Brad Easterbrook these days as kind of the commentator. Uh, yes. He was a legit top, one of the top players in the country. He was a great player. Brad is, uh, is, was and is great. And I remember watching yep. him the year before in the finals against um, Goodspeed and Manziger. They lost in Cincinnati. Yep. So they were, uh, they were number two in the country, I think, all year long that year. Wow. But yeah, I think that... they were – I think because Johan maybe beat them in short hills that he knew he can do it. I didn't know him. we can do it. But <laughs> having him know he can do it, that's all you needed. And then you kind of – the quarters you moved on, does it Schmidt and Rothschild? I'm... Schmidt and Rothschild, yep. Guys okay. from Long Island. They okay. were very good. Um, good tennis players. They like to play very fast. Um, they well, didn't like the lob right much. The they, wheelhouse. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like the lob much. And that was in the quarters with, you know, how they started getting the quarterfinals with a lot of people watching. And I feel – Johan might have hit Schmidt about five times. Hmm. And that was kind of sending the message that he was going to be here for a long time, you know? Yeah. And he didn't really care. He's like, he goes, he goes, I can't end points any other way. So I know if I hit him, I win the point. Wait, wait, so, so people who just started watching Paddle this year and saw what happened in Boston, that's not a new thing for him, apparently. That is not new. No, better not. <laughs> But I do think, I don't recall him using it up until that quarters. He really, I didn't recall like other matches, like, oh man, he really got that guy a lot. (laughs) But it really started with Schmidt. That's the, it does that. And then you moved on to, is it Cosimano and Heller? Cosimano and Heller, they're guys from New Jersey. Um, Solid, really good team. The lefty Cosimano was in the deuce. Haller was in the ad and he doesn't play as much anymore, but they won a big match against Estes and Cochran uh, in the quarters. And I believe Estes and Cochran might've been the three seed. Okay. And so Cosimano and Haller were like a lower seed like us. And so we beat them in the semis in probably about 45 minutes. And again, Johan was just, one and oh maybe and I didn't do much in that one either he was really he was so offensive and coming to the net like he does and you know a lot of times we did the eye because they couldn't get it by him so if they got it by him he knew I'd be back there and 
it was a different eye with him at the net, just covering everything a lot of the times. But that other semi went for a long time. And when, it was good speed when, and Manziger. Yep. Yep. Against Uline and Marino, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, those guys, those guys knew each other really well. And then. Yeah, I felt like man- the quarters was all East Coast and Chicago. It was weird. If I look back at the draw from what I remember, I remember seeing like, whoa, the final four on our side and the final four on their side. So I think all the quarters was East Coast and Chicago. Huh. Interesting. And then the final, you're playing my buddy Scott, Mr. Mansinger, and then uh, Flip. Yes. And Scott has, I, you know, I've, I've talked to Scott about this, and he's like, they won the first set, correct? Yes. And then they, they were 6-4. Yeah. And then they were up 1-0 and they had a break point or they had a point to win the next game to go up 2-0, correct? Okay. I don't remember that, but well, I do know Scott, there was a – Yeah. Yes. And I think they had a point to go up 2-0 and then Scott's like, Johan became Johan. Yes. Yes. And um, it wasn't close after that. Yeah. I remember – how we were both making a few errors in the first. I don't think they played particularly well in the first, and we were a little nervous, and we missed some shots we normally didn't miss. And then after, like, one all, or and maybe it was a one-all game, or and then it was over. We won 11 straight. Yep. And it was quick. I know the third <laughs> set. I know the third set. I did chart that third set, and I think we outscored him 24 to 3. <laughs> in wow. place. and it was probably 18 minutes and so if they only won three points what I think I maybe faulted once and I don't know <laughs> what happened on the other two but we were there were no errors it was that's errorless fantastic. battle for a whole set that's fantastic and a, a, a few times you've made comments that you you said you knew your role and all of this and I I want I want to say science I was talking to Johan earlier and he he, he said something which I think is a good thing for any club players that are trying to help new players. He's like, he said, Jerry didn't say much to me. He didn't try and teach me. In Johan's word, he's like, Jerry, just shut the fuck up and led by example. He's like, he didn't miss. He, he knew that I was learning and I knew how to play the game, but he just, he just shut up and led by example. Um, and, you know, you didn't try and, micromanage him or any of that you just kind of you knew your role you played it well and and like he said you led by example so you know yeah. I, I think that you know you know it's almost like one and mark parsons right mark kind of leads by example of not missing and not being flashy and steadies the ship and it sounds like that was kind of your role well i think when you have someone that that talented they're not going to do what your club players do, you know, like, Hey, don't poach, don't move. A lot of times he would say, I need to play instinctual. Like if I'm reading them, I need to just move. And, and you almost want to let like, I don't know what, what the word is like a wild horse or a (laughs) caged animal, let them, let them go. You know, like they don't have to have as good technique because they're that good. They're that talented that they don't have to work. I'm not saying they don't have to work as, hard on their technique they need to like be free and i always say even as i teach 
people say, well, how do I play with that person? Or how do I play with that person? I was like, you're never going to change them. You need to just adapt. Like, who you play with, like, meaning if you play with someone that's all over the net, you back up a little bit. You play with someone that likes to hang at the service line, you're going to be the tight guy. You're going to get tighter at the net. The more players you can adapt to, the more people that are going to ask you to play with them. You know, it's very important to know your role with each partner, you know, and I think even me as a partner, like I felt like I let John Lubau down this weekend because he, we played a New Jersey team and they were really just wearing me down because they play with John. They're like, Hey, he got some offense and I wasn't generating enough offense in the ad. So that's where I have to go back and start figuring out how I can come up with some more weapons from the ad side. So you guys were playing, I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. You guys were playing in the, is it the elite draw or the open draw? We played the elite draw. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. That was a great tournament, Short Hills last weekend. So, yeah, Short Hills was amazing. Well, you know, so to tie things all together, um, you know, it was 12 years ago that you and Johan won the national championship. Are you surprised at all that Johan is still performing at such an elite level where, you know, we just had Short Hills this past weekend? Uh, he and Stephen Mitchell won that. Obviously, they're defending national champions. Are you surprised at all that that he's been able to maintain it over this long of a period of time? I am not. I feel like he keeps getting better and keeps adapting. But I remember um, when I we were playing, I, when I I saw him getting better and better. But we were in the first time I really saw him improving, and like I was like, "Ooh, that's the future of paddle." Was in a um, I don't know if it was it was in Westchester and he was playing with Rob Pierce against Juan Araya and Michael Gillespie. And they both had like you had Juan and Johan just battling. And then you had Rob and Mike Gillespie kind of just trying to stay out of their way. And I loved watching that. It was up. Uh, it was in um, Shadow Lake. I remember it now it was Shadow Lake and the Nationals. I believe it was 2008 and, and just seeing those two, just, I was like, those guys are going to be around forever. And Juan and seeing Juan and Johan still doing their thing. And it's awesome. And I just think Johan's getting even more patient and just more solid. He doesn't nearly make as many unforced errors, which makes him unbeatable. You know, if he doesn't beat himself, it's, it's hard to beat them, you know, and watching him and Mitchell play together. They're just, they're just, I heard the announcer saying it this weekend. I think Brad said it. It's like, it's always on their racket. Yeah. And that's, a, that, you always like to know that going into a match. You, you know, following on with that. I mean, obviously your, your playing career has spanned a couple of different, you know, let's call it generations of players, right? Talk about what you see as the state of the game now versus maybe where it was. 10 or 15 years ago. I just feel there's so many more really talented tennis players coming in. So every round there's great tennis talent out there and the guys that have that tennis talent and keep trying to learn paddle are the ones that start creeping into the top eight. You see it. It's like, you got to have some tennis background nowadays. And when you, to have that and you work on your paddle skills and 
you use your tennis background and you have to be mentally tough because you're going to take losses to people that have no right beating you on a paddle court or you think any racket sport. So when you come in with your pedigree in tennis, a lot of guys quit paddle because they're like, I can't stand losing that guy. I'll never play this game again. And the, the top level players are the ones that have the mental fortitude that can take bad losses and learn from them. And, you know, like I'll give you an example. One of the big things I had a big win against Casamano and Haller in, I believe it was that Shadow Lake tournament in 2008 where I got to the quarters. And I knew Casamano was talented and I had Leonard. And I said, Haller's on the ad and I'm on the ad and I'm going to be, and he was like a junkyard dog. And I said, that's my role. I'm going to do that better than him today. And we won that six and the uh, four or five and the third. And that put me in the quarters in uh, Shadow Lake in Rochester. And that was a big moment for me, just being disciplined and don't rely on your tennis skills, but also be fundament fundamentally disciplined on Shot selection, know your role, know your strategy. And, you know, when you win those matches, that's what makes you a top 10 player. You know, you, you had mentioned uh, just talking about kind of the differences over time. Uh, talk about the differences in geography. When you were in Charleston, was there any was there any paddle going on there at all? Or did you take a break from paddling when you were in Charleston? So I I got a grant. And I built two ground level courts at my club in Charleston at LTP Tennis in Mount Pleasant. And uh, Jim McCready has moved down there and he's still down there running those two courts as long as pickleballers don't get on them. <laughs> and so we built them on a, yeah, we built them on a hard court and we had a tournament there. Randy Lofgren came a couple of times. Graham McNerney came. They each had some wins at my um, LTP Tennis tournament in Charleston. So we had two ground level tournaments. I went up and played. Um, I played Randy and Nathan twice with a assistant of mine that I taught the game that I worked with. And he was a good player for um, College of Charleston, Stephen Myers. And we went up there, lost twice in the finals to uh, Lofgren and Crick, four and third and five and the third. So that was fun. They were, uh, this is when they were first starting and now they're, they're doing great and so sure. the south paddle is really starting to go i felt bad that i believe because it was growing down there but it was always tough to get people to play more than once a week because we would get a cold day and they'd be like yes i'm playing and then the next day would be 80 and they're like well i only get two nights a week out so i'm going back to tennis <laughs> so i lost a lot of people just due to the the high level of tennis players down there what can we uh can we guys can we just jump back to short hills real quick it was just this past weekend noah you sure. and you and jerry were down there um can you tell us a little bit about it can we recap it and, you know for those who haven't i've never been to short hills i've never played it i've seen the pictures i've seen the videos it looks awesome and i i've got to put it on my schedule for next year can you guys talk about it for a minute or two yeah, I mean, sure. So you know, sure. I, I, I'm sorry. You I, go, I, I, I'll give a brief, the, the brief part, um, and then you can ex can expand on it, Jerry. But uh, 
first of all, it was 60, like high fifties on Friday for some of the tournaments. And I think it touched 60 on Saturday. So the temperatures were, were great. I think it's been the first time in about four or five years that I've been to short Hills that it has, the weather hasn't been horrible for the tournament. So that, that part was nice, but it's truly amazing what they put on there. I think there's seven different draws between men, women, uh, the different levels that are going on there. I mean, they had a 10 plus PTI, I think it was the national championship for 10 plus PTI. They had a 65 plus age. Um, they had the, the men's grand prix elite open. They had the women's grand prix and then the women's open, uh, 14 different clubs. So there was, uh, there was a lot going on there. It was, it's really amazing. The coordination I mean, just to give you an idea of the number of people. There were people I was looking for in my draw of 16, the open draw. I, I didn't see all day and I, I couldn't find it because it was like just so much going on at that tournament, but it was, uh, it, it's an amazing tournament if you get the chance to do it for sure. Jerry, I believe they had like 30 clubs. I thought they had like 30 clubs going. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, even when I was in Charleston, I think I'd come back and play one a year. And I think I came, I came back one year and played with Jared Palmer and it was fun just to come back and see the guys. And it's such a great tournament. For sure. Yeah. You've really, you've really got a knack of picking good partners, don't you? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Say Jeff, Jeff Morneau, Johan Duran, Jared Palmer. We could throw John Lubau in there. John Lubau. There you go. A yeah. national finalist. Right. And we won the 50 um, nationals together, by the way, a couple of years ago. So I was about to ask you, because I know Lubao's playing the senior nationals with uh, Scott Mansinger. Uh, no, he's playing with no, Brian Heil. He's playing with Heil. Wait, Lubao is? Yeah. Yes, 45 next weekend, ah, this weekend. Nice. And I'm going to Atlanta to play with Dan Hansen. Oh, cool. and, Noah. And Noah, we're going to do a practice match on Friday, right? We are? Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's set that up. <laughs> that so sounds good to me. Sounds good All to right, me. Good. That'll be a plan. Yeah. The, it's my first time in Atlanta. Have you played Atlanta before? I have. I won it with Graham, another good partner. Yeah. And Jeez, I won it with Jeff you. Morneau. Wow. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we're, 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 we're making our first visit there. We've heard stories about how good it is, and we've tried to get in there for about six years, and it never worked with the schedule. So this is the year we're, uh, we're going to do it. So looking forward to seeing Peter Lauer there. runs an awesome event. You know, yeah. I, you don't want to say they're all great, but Peter Lauer does an amazing job, and the Atlanta community really gets behind this tournament, and they do an awesome job there. That sounds awesome. awesome. Look, look, we're looking forward to it for sure. What, uh, uh, you know, we, we know it's getting late here on, uh, on Monday night and wanted to, uh, wanted to let you go, but any, anything else you wanted to, uh, to make sure that, that we, uh, we, we, we touched on or promoted or anything else that you're doing that's exciting. Um, that's about it. I think, uh, I just shout out to a lot of the guys that taught me the game, like Peter Harvey and sure. Bob Conklin, Andy Kinney and, Scott Slobin, Chris Fitzgerald, Mark Porter, Michael Gillespie, you know, all the guys from Connecticut and um, my region too, you know, the region two before President's Cup, you know, they never let top 10 teams play. So we had a strong President's Cup every year, but we never won it until I started capping it. And uh, I don't know, it's because we didn't have Fairfield County. So we had Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, 
So we had a little small section, but that was always, the President's Cup was always a blast with, um, we had some strong players with the Power Brothers, Leo and Billy and, you know, Rob Pierce. We just, Jeff Morneau and, you know, it was just always a fun time with the President's Cup. Hey, and and before you go, Jerry, can I uh, can I maybe make a prod that I think the APTA should pick you up and put you on the live stream? You, I think you might have the coolest voice in the uh, in the in the game of paddle. I think it's, yeah, that that could be cool. It's, yeah, it's it's a little bit raspy, right? It's because I, love I teach it. all day. Yeah, yeah. With your knowledge of the game. And that voice, that's a win-win for the APTA. I'm telling you. Maybe I could do the announcement for uh, live wires. Inside oh. the wires. Inside oh, the might. wires, but they probably wouldn't understand me. That, hey, we may have to update it. Listen. But I'm saying the APTA put you and you and Ennis on there. That's a match made in heaven. Hey, hey Jer Jerry, if they can understand Ben with the accent, I promise you they can understand you. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> hey, Jerry, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us tonight and uh, for sharing some of the knowledge of the game and the history and uh, all good stuff. Make sure everyone checks out Jerry Albright's tennis, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and uh, get some great content there as well. Well, awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It was a fun evening. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks so much. Fade to black, roll the credits. Thank you so much to national champion Jerry Albright for join us on the show uh please tune in to his minute clinics on youtube instagram facebook you name it they i believe they are getting closer and closer to a minute long uh but they're good they're good content jerry's got great knowledge and like i said he's truly the coolest voice so uh, you know tune in check jerry out and we appreciate you guys listening. And as always, if you're listening to my stupid voice here at the end, you are a true fan, and we appreciate you guys tuning in every week. But we're out of here. Thank you.